And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. First headline, I am requesting prayer for my man, Thizzle. He's a pillar of the community, former hustler, left the game over 15 years ago, and now works with at-risk youth, helping them find gainful employment. He was shot multiple times a couple days ago. And you might be asking, what does this have to do with the main card voice? Well, thank you for asking. Most of Tyron Woodley's fights in the UFC, his walkout music has been that of Thizzle. So much so that Thizz got a placement on UFC 3 video game because of the music. So that's why. On top of that, the main card theme song that you heard before I start talking is a mashup that I did of a song called Fight by my man Jason from the Lewis Well. And the voice that you hear is that of Thizzle. So please be in prayer for my man. That's how he fits in with the MTMV main card as well as with fighting in general. So yeah, keep your man lifted. All right, last week, I talked about Khabib's connections with Ramzan Kadyrov and how kind of talked bad about it during a press conference. Whew, he called Khabib's father a coward for taking a picture with him. Well, one of Kadyrov's fighters, uh, Kusain Kaliev, was like, yeah, dude, that is not going to fly. I know you get away with stuff in the U.S. and you get away with stuff in Ireland, but we here from the Caucasus Mountains, we don't play like that. And if you don't apologize ASAP, you're going to have some problems. Now, Kaliev trains out of New Jersey. Just think if he was able to be in Radio City Music Hall along with all the Conor McGregor fans full of that proper 12 when those statements were made. That could have been a massive, massive riot. Now, I was listening to the A-side with Sean Alshadi of MMA fighting earlier this week, and he said it was a mistake not to have the fans there, said that it would arrival Toronto as far as press conferences go, uh, when Maymax stopped there, and that was like absolutely phenomenal. He was telling uh, Mark Raymond, he was like, I like the chaos, bring on the chaos, and things of that nature. But Dana said it was the darkest press conference he'd ever been a part of. And I think it could have been tragic had people been there, especially as fired up as both factions can be about their fighters. So much so. It was said that both Khabib's camp and Connor's camp were kept on opposite sides of Radio City Music Hall in different rooms and were not let out until uh, they knew that everything was safe. So, yeah, I, I think it was the best thing that there was no one around. Uh, now, one misstep that definitely was made as far as the press conference was concerned uh, and Mark Raimondi of MMA Fighting shared this because he was there. Uh, the, the simulcast 
at Times Square where they were showing the press conference, there was no sound. How are you going to get hyped up for a fight and, and stand around and watch a press conference with no sound? Yeah, that was a, that was a misstep. All right. Something that may or may not be a misstep is the masterful gamesmanship that Nate Diaz plays. He teams up with opponents and does his best to put the squeeze on the UFC. Now, when he was fighting Connor the second time uh, and Connor was playing hardball and didn't show up to the press conference, he was like, look, I'm only here to fight Connor. I'm not fighting anybody else. The UFC was trying to get Connor to bend to his ways and uh, thought they could use Nate to influence him. No, uh-uh, not at all. And this time, he's teaming up with Dustin Poirier to try to not only get the 165-pound division opened up, but a fight for the title to do that. He put out a tweet earlier this week saying uh, that we're going to headline it, we're going to uh, start kick things off, and then Poirier followed up, was like, I can't wait to fight uh, at 165 for the title, to which Dana was like, uh, I call shenanigans. That's not happening. But with tickets going on sale today for one of the biggest cards every year, Madison Square Garden is a cornerstone card for the UFC. And there's no headliner. Not only is there no headliner, but there's not even a title fight on the card. And the UFC just does not do pay-per-views without title fights. The last one that I can remember was when Anderson Silva fought Nate's big brother, Nick. That's the last time that there was a main event, but not a UFC title on the line. At least I can remember. Now, they've done things like throwing together interim title fights. They made up the 145-pound division when Cyborg uh, and 145-pound featherweight division for women and Cyborg couldn't fight. It was like, what are you doing? If you're going to do this, it's got to be Cyborg. But they did it with uh, Jermaine Durandamy and Holly Holm. Did that for Brooklyn. Why not do the same thing for MSG? The fighters have been calling for this 165-pound division. It makes sense. You got so many, many fighters, killers at both 170 and at 155 and you have fighters that just don't quite meet either one of them either too big for 155 or too small really for 170 but they have to pick and choose one or the other just be able to fight you make this 165 oh my goodness oh my goodness that that would be phenomenal phenomenal oh man and you already have people like if Nate is there, you got him. If Dustin is there, you got him. Kevin Lee, you know he's going to be in there. Just so many fighters ready to go. James Vick, I mean, oh, yeah. I truly hope that the UFC and Dana specifically swallows his pride on this one and makes it happen. It makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world. And really, if they don't, it is... It's going to be kind of like proof positive of 
two different things that are working against the UFC. Oversaturation and the unwillingness to host a pay-per-view without a title on the line. Uh, Hey, you need a title. You don't have any champions to fight. Might as well make one up in a division that is desperately needed. All right, let's talk some Bellator. Man, they're doing some big things this weekend as they are launching on the zone. And they have the MMA world captive because no other major promotions are fighting this weekend. Since they got the uh, MMA world captive, they said, let's make some announcements. First one, the rematch between Brent Premis and Michael Chandler for the lightweight title has been remade and is going to take place on December 14th, the day before Bellator touches down in Hawaii. Now, no venue has been announced as of yet. They're working on some different things, but with having a card in Hawaii where it is very expensive to do anything and you have to give a certain amount of money to the uh, state of Hawaii to host events and things of this nature. So with all that money going out and doing a fight the day before, it just makes sense to do it at St. Charles Family Arena where the rent is low. That's where the fight was supposed to take place in the uh, the first go-round back in April when Premis got hurt and couldn't do it. So uh, you heard it here first. Oh, well, you're hearing at least a rumor here first. I believe it's going to be St. Charles Family Arena. If not, then probably at the Enterprise Center, or I should say the newly named Enterprise Center, in St. Louis, but I don't see them doing it outside of this area because they know they'll get the most bang for uh, their buck and they definitely need to be profitable with this card because of all the money going out on the other one. Now, some other news with Bellator and money that's coming into Bellator. You know, 50 Cent's been hanging around uh, quite a bit this year. He already announced Uh, that the get the strap trademark was going to be used uh, in Bellator. And now he's given a million dollars to the winner of the welterweight Grand Prix. In the official release, it says, by 50, I'm excited to partner with Bellator, with the Bellator Viacom franchise. Mixed martial arts yields some of the most action-packed events in the world. I'm excited for the people to see how I plan to shake up MMA with the integration of my Get the Strap trademark as well as my luxury champagne. I'm not even going to try to say the name. I'm sure you can find it. But anyway, that's what's going on with that. And, uh, you know, so maybe Bellator doesn't need the money as bad as I think they might need it with doing a card in Hawaii when you got uh, major, major sponsors coming online with uh, the kind of cachet that 50 Cent has. All right, in other Bellator news, Michael Mayday McDonald. Uh, he's been hampered with injuries for a while, and he KO'd former champ. Uh, Eduardo Dantes in his last fight 
And when he did so, he it didn't take him long, 58 seconds. But he suffered another injury when he did it. And he said, oh, he was like, look, I don't know if I can keep doing this. If I keep getting hurt, I don't know if I can do it. Well, he answered the questions as to whether or not he can do it anymore as he officially retired on Thursday. This man has been a model fighter, an unashamed Christian who shared how God helped him win one of the greatest fights of his life against drug addiction when he turned his life over to him. Now, in an official statement on Instagram, he shared that about seven years ago, he took up custom cabinetry and furniture making. He, he just loves woodworking, has his own shop, and is as passionate about doing that as he is about fighting. So he's going to turn the page in this chapter of his life, move into custom woodworking, and it makes sense for him to do it. Because if you keep breaking your hands fighting in MMA, and you use your hands to make custom cabinetry and furniture, well, yeah, you're messing yourself up on multiple ends. Might as well put your time and your focus into something that you can do for many, many years to come. So to the 19 and 4, Michael Mayday McDonald, we here at MTMV Sports salute you for a job well done and wish you the best as you move forward into your new career. All right. Coming up next, the old one, two. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. Starting it off, let's talk a little bit about Frank Bruno. Now, the former champ retired from boxing back in 96, but that doesn't mean he stopped fighting. He's been fighting in court recently, and the Press Gazette reported that news group, that's right, the powerful media conglomerate owned by Rupert Murdoch, settled with over a dozen people including Bruno, for wiretapping charges. They were listening in to the man's phone calls, and that was causing them all kinds of issues. He said in a post via social media that he feels vindicated by everything coming out the way that it did because he'd been telling people for years that his phone was being tapped, and everybody was looking at him crazy, and that's not good for anyone. And he said, look, the... The stress and the damage that is done, no amount of money can ever make up for. Uh, but seeing as they split mm, about three million, uh, not three, about 30, maybe 50 million dollars between them, uh, I'm sure that that's going to help out just a tad bit, just a little bit. Um, on top of all that, Frank Bruno spoke at a mental health conference earlier in the week so salute to the man the champion the legend frank bruno now share with you that the zone was starting their u.s boxing debut last week and oh my goodness uh 
that boxing debut via the app started off on the right foot. My man, AJ, that's right, Anthony Joshua, handed Povekin his first KO loss, something that Klitschko couldn't do. It was just, it was an amazing, amazing fight. Um, and I, I'm really digging the zone because the ability to go back and watch things is so very easy. Now, as the zone is beginning their foray into the world of combat sports broadcasting in the U.S., a giant, a, a stalwart in the broadcast community when it comes to boxing, been doing it for 45 years, will be doing it no more. HBO is shuttering its boxing division. They started off back in January of 1973, January 22nd, with Frazier versus Foreman in Kingston, Jamaica. But it all comes to an end on October 27th. In their official statement, they just said, look, boxing is on so many different platforms nowadays that it's just hard for them to be competitive. Now, speaking of those different platforms, outlets like DAZN and ESPN Plus, they could wind up being the big winners because the 22 fights that HBO was doing, yeah, they're up for grabs. And many of those fights were promoted by high-level promoters such as Golden Boy. So uh, this could be a nice coup for... Uh, one of these over-the-top streaming providers or someone like uh, Fox who's looking to replace uh, the UFC, although they got uh, SmackDown. But, you know, it's not every day that the rights for live sports become available. All right, moving on. Billy Joe Saunders is in the news again. Two weeks in a row. This time, the WBO middleweight champ, uh, was cleared of a positive out of competition test by uh, VADA, the Voluntary uh, Athletic Doping Association. Uh, That uh, positive result could have put a fight that he's got coming up in jeopardy, but what he uh, tested positive for is something that's allowed out of competition by the United Kingdom Athletic, uh, or I should say Anti-Doping Association. So uh, he's put out a statement officially via his promoter, Frank Warren's site. So uh, though he's in the news, this time um, he's vindicated for his actions. Not so much with what he did last week. All right. Speaking of boxing and his own, the world... Boxing Super Series kicks off on the zone on Friday, September 28th, and is headlined by British rivals undefeated Callum Smith, 24-0, challenging the WBA super middleweight champ George Groves. It's a lot on the line with this fight. Because whichever of these two combatants has their hand raised at the end of the day will win 
the World Boxing Super Series final. With it comes the Muhammad Ali Trophy. But not only that, whoever wins, wins the WBA belt. They win the vacant ring belt. And by winning the Muhammad Ali Trophy, they get $10 million. $10 million. My goodness. That fight is going to take place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Now, at Oak Town, later in the day, you got Jerwin and Kahas, who's ranked number three, taking on Alejandro Barrios in a 12-round junior bantamweight uh, fight for uh, Jerwin's IBF title. That's going to be on ESPN+. Plus On Saturday... Coming from Indio, California, on Facebook Watch, you got Jorge Linares taking on Abner Cotto, uh, 10 rounds at lightweight. Then on Sunday, from Ontario, California, on Fox Sports 1, you got Victor Ortiz taking on John Molina in a 10-round welterweight fight. I mean, come on. I just talked about fights on three different days, four different fights, Four different major platforms kind of speaks to what HBO was saying about things being so segmented and all over the place. It's just hard to keep up with. All right, we're going to step out of the ring now and back into the cage and talk about Bellator 206. Bellator 206 boasts a six-fight main card from Bellator's unofficial home arena, which is the SAP Center in San Jose, California. There are a total of 17, yeah, I said that, 17 fights scheduled for this card. Bellator wants to make a huge splash with their DAZN debut. And they stack the deck to do just that in what should go down as a historic card for Bellator. At the top of the card, you've got the biggest fight that Bellator could make. 44-6-2, Gegard, the dream catcher Musasi, Taking on 20 and 4, Rory, the Red King, McDonald, for Musasi's middleweight title. Like I said, this is the biggest fight between the biggest names in MMA that Bellator could put on. Now, granted, they do have some other huge names like Chael, like Fedor, um, like Rampage, like Silva. Oh, yeah, by the way, they're fighting on this card, too. Uh, Rampage and Silver are, but we're not talking about them right now. We're talking about the Dreamcatcher and the Red King. The thing that makes this fight so big for Bellator is that you have two of arguably the best fighters in their divisions fighting each other for the title. This is a true super fight, and Bellator hasn't had a super fight, at least not like this, in its career so yeah this is going to be phenomenal absolutely phenomenal 
Gegard wins. He beats what who could be considered the greatest welterweight currently in Rory the Red King McDonald. I mean, Tyron Woodley kind of holds that position currently uh, because he is the UFC champion. The UFC is where uh, most of the named fighters are, but Rory beat Tyron, though he said in an interview recently that they're two very different fighters. He would love to do it again to see what the outcome would be the second go-round. I think Tyron would get him, and he said, he was like, look, I know Tyron said he was having some issues during that time. He wasn't focused, so I would like to see him at his best fight me versus the diminished fighter that I fought. And I agree. I, I think Tyron would get him, but e- either way it goes, uh, of those 20 wins, one of them is against Tyron Woodley. And Gegard was on the way to fighting for the title at middleweight in the UFC when he left and came to Bellator. So, you know, like I said, you got these huge fighters as far as their rankings and positions are concerned taking on each other in Bellator. Should be phenomenal. Then, as I shared, you got 34 and 12 and 1, Vandalay the Axe Murderer Silva taking on 37 and 12, Quentin Rampage Jackson. This fight will be contested at heavyweight. Both of these fighters' last loss was to Chell Sonnen, and both of those fights came under the Bellator banner. Now, Quentin has not won a fight since Dynamite 2, where he beat uh, Satoshi Ishii. In June of 2016 uh, at what is now the Enterprise Center here in St. Louis, Missouri, my hometown. I got a chance to see that and it was lackluster. And since then, he's been losing. His next fight was against my man, King Mo. That's right. Niger stand up in Chicago. Got a chance to see that at the Prudential Center uh, and Mo smashed him. I mean, it was it was all right. It was all right fight as far as uh, Quentin is concerned. He came on strong, like in the second round, but most matched. Anyway, um, and he's been losing. Like I said, lost to Chell, lost to Mo, and now he's going against someone who he has fought three times before and lost to already. T- two of those times. The first two times that Vandalay and Quentin fought were in Pride. Uh, and Vandalay won both of those. The last time they fought was nearly 10 years ago on the same card where Rashad won a 205-pound strap, KOing Forrest Whitaker. I mean, not Whitaker, Forrest Griffin. <laughs> Hopefully they're not fighting Forrest Whitaker. Uh, anyway, Vandalay does not like Quentin in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I mean, he was mean mugging, pointing fingers, screaming, well, just, you know, being very, very, uh, very upset with and very um, hostile towards Quentin at the, the media stare downs on Never They Talk. Uh, so much so that Scott Coker told them as they were facing up, he was like, please don't touch uh, each other. Please do not. When they were doing the media stare downs, so yeah, it. it there's some bad blood there, at least on Vandalay's end. Uh, Quentin seems to be fine and happy with everything. Um, but, yeah, Vandalay is holding on to that bad blood that started 
some 15 years ago. The opening bout of the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix is on this card too. As will all Welterweight Grand Prix fights. They'll all be on the zone. This one though is a rubber match between former champs. 29 and 7, Douglas the Phenom Lima. And 21 and 2, Andre the Spartan Koreshkov. First fight, Koreshkov got the decision. Second fight, Lima KO'd Andre. Both of these were five round affairs because they were for the title. This one will be five rounds as well because all of the Grand Prix matches for the welterweight division are five round fights. Now the voices marquee matchup pits three and one Aaron Pico versus 18 and four Leandro Pitbull Higo. Every single one of Pico's fights has been must-see TV. He lost his first fight because he was in against an underrated, once-beaten, at least at that time, fighter in St. Louis' own Zach the Altar Boy Freeman. That was at lightweight. He decided, you know what, that's not the right weight class for me. Dropped to 145 pounds, which is where this fight will be contested. And since then, he's been dropping foes left and right, just racking up the highlight reel finishes. Oh, my goodness. Knocking people down with body shots, making them flip over twice. Craziness. But anyway, um, he's getting thrown back into the deep end now, though, because... Higo is no joke. Nobody's joke. He's a former Bellator title challenger as well as a former LFA champ. Now, he's a protege of the Pitbull brothers, and he is looking to derail Pico's hype train. The last time he tried to derail the hype train, though, that was against the current champion, Darian Caldwell, who submitted him in a title eliminator. He goes traded, losses, and wins since joining Bellator. If that streak continues, then that would mean that he will pick up the W in this fight. But we won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Also on this card, you have making her MMA debut all the way from Wood River Illinois, that's right. Wood River is a suburb of and a part of the Metro St. Louis area. It's a suburb of uh, of different cities in Illinois. It is the place where Matt Hughes used to have his gym, the Hit Gym, uh, which is still there, just not under his name anymore. Um, Hughes Intensive Training, I think is what Hit stood for. Either way it goes. That's where his gym was. That's where uh, Lawler was training uh, some years ago. And this is where Dakota Zimmerman is from. Now, you all know your man, The Voice, does his best to be unbiased. But when it comes to people from St. Louis 
and or Nigeria, yeah, you can throw it out the window because I'm not being biased. I mean, I'm not being unbiased. I'm being very biased. And I hope that Dakota Zimmerman shocks the world as she takes on 2-0 Carrie Ann Taylor Melendez. That bout supposed to take place at Strawweight. I'm sorry, not Strawweight. Uh, Flyweight, which is 125 pounds. Now, uh, Carrie Melendez is a killer. Uh, accomplished kickboxer, wife of Gilbert El Nino uh, Melendez. And yeah, she's been doing her thing ever since she started MMA. Kind of seems as if Bellator is serving her up because she is a native of uh, that area. Their camp is located in the Bay Area. Uh, so, yeah, to me, it seems like they are giving Carrie a softball to crush out the part. But, yeah, Dakota, anything is possible. So, rooting for you. All right, back to being unbiased. Three and one, Gaston, the dream killer, Bolanos, is taking on four and two, Isidro Chilo Gutierrez at Featherweight. Chilo's making his Bellator debut. Uh, just like Dakota is. Dakota's not only making her Bellator debut, she's making her fighting debut in general. But anyway, Chilo's 4-2, so he's had other fights. Uh, the Dream Killer, who he's taking on, which I thought was interesting. The Curtain Jerker, which this is, has the Dream Killer, and the main event has the Dream Catcher. So, thought that was interesting. Anyway, Dream Killer's best known for his spinning elbow KO of Rick Gutierrez back in 2017. Told you this card has so many people on it. This is the main card. On the undercard, you got Adam Piccolotti, you got Amber Lybrock, and Arlene Blanco fighting each other. I mean, just all kinds of good fights. And I hope you got the zone so you can see it. Uh, it is free for the first month for those in the U.S., so... Yeah, uh, I strongly, strongly encourage you to go get it because this fight card is not one that you're going to want to miss. All right, fight fans. Time for the sound off. But before I go into how you can keep up with everything MTMV, I want to say that the visionary of MTMV Sports, Rick Sincere, is also a music artist. And his debut project, Beyond Belief, dropped today, September 28th. So go check it out, download it, stream it. Listen to it wherever you get your music because it's available via all of your major platforms as far as distribution is concerned electronically. Sports fans rejoice, my team, my voice. To keep up with MTMV Sports, make sure that you're following us on Twitter and on Instagram. Very, very important that you're doing so because on Saturday, if you don't have the zone, if you, you just can't pony up for it, or maybe 
you're in a situation where uh you know your cousins uncles nieces um sister's puppy uh is coming home from the vet and you gotta be there and you can't see the fight don't worry about it your man the voice and mtmv sports has you covered follow us on these different social media platforms uh, as well as you can like the uh, Facebook page, which I believe is still under the name of Trackstar Sports, but you can still get information there as well. I will be giving updates just as I did last week for the Joshua Povetkin fight. So you can stay up to date with everything that's going on with video commentary by your man, The Voice. And if you want to talk to me directly, uh, you can get at me through those social sites so twitter and instagram uh, as well as the debate fuel facebook group through mtmv sports Uh, you can also contact me directly at the voice on all social media platforms our podcasts are first released via anchor.fm so if you want to get it first that's the spot to go to otherwise you can listen to us on spotify Apple Podcasts, which is what your man the voice does with my uh, iPhone. But anyway, I digress. You can catch us on Stitcher. Uh, if you don't have an iPhone and you have an Android device, Podcast Republic is a great app to use for getting podcasts. I told you about the Debate Fuel Facebook group. Uh, Debate Fuel is our flagship show, it's back airs live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, I believe. And our audio podcast gets released on Mondays. Hey, until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card. And I'm sounding off.